0: Thank you for joining me today. Um, let's just do a quick rundown, some introductions for all three of you so I get to know you and the audience gets to know you.
1: So my name is Megan Raballo. I'm a fourth year digital media student here at Vancouver Island University. I'm Bernice. Uh, I'm in my third year of
2: digital media at Vancouver Island University and I'm also an international student from the UAE.
3: My name is Kaylin Dorman, and I'm a fifth-year Digital Media Studies major from Vancouver Island University.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming and joining us on the podcast. And for the listeners, you know who I am. I'm the talker. I'm Jesse, but um, I'm here to guide the conversation today. Um, So this week for our podcast, we wanted to talk with Reborn um, because we felt like it was important to talk about the fashion industry and how we need to change our lens on how we view fashion clothing and also how we buy, use and get rid of clothing because obviously it's all, that's a cycle and it needs to be known and it needs to be re, re, re retuned a little bit, tuned up. Um, so anyways, we're looking really forward to sharing today's information and what we gather with all of you. Um, so first question I got for everyone is where did you where did your idea for your brand and mission come from? Where did it what was the spark?
1: So the idea for Reborn basically came from the fact that we found out that fast fashion takes up 85% of the landfills and that the fashion industry itself currently produces more carbon emissions than all international flights and sea shipments put together, which is a whopping 10% of global greenhouse gases. And it also contributes to like 20% of the world's wastewater. And I actually learned that um, the reading hope matters. And so here at Reborn, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a more sustainable brand by creating personalized clothing, basically by using clothes that we find at thrift stores or any other Goodwill places. And then we take them, we revamp them with like the designs we created on our own and we get these design ideas you know from our old customers or any audience members who like visit our Instagram page and we take these designs we put them on the clothes and we've basically giving them a second chance and we hope that this inspires people to go out and buy more thrifted clothing than you know spending all their money on brand new stuff and like first-hand things as we see the potential in both used and unused clothing. And we definitely want to be a more sustainably environmentally responsible brand as many major brands that we know of like aren't that sustainable. Mm-hmm. So the story of our upcycling reminds us that we are constantly like rebuilding ourselves every day. So why not use fabric from someone else's life so we can try and save the planet one step at the time?
0: I think that's a good vision and mission statement. If not if that's not exactly it, the, the ideology is definitely there and that's important when you have a brand like this. And I think going off the beginning, those numbers that you shared are absolutely staggering. And I think clothing is a mindless task in a sense. We wear clothes because we have to wear clothes and that's that we, we that's just a subconscious thing. We dress up, you know, we go out on our day. For some of us, we're more aware of what we wear and the effects that it has on the environments, you know, we're a bit more eco-conscious or a conscious consumer in some regard. But there is definitely a disconnect when it comes to, you know, really thinking about our products or really, I don't know, just, I think there's just a lot of mindlessness that comes with clothing and purchasing. And I think especially at the end of the cycle. It just gets thrown out, as you said. If eighty percent of the landfill is it, so eighty percent of the landfill is full of clothing, it's full of stuff. So if so, there's de- if there's eighty percent and only twenty percent get like if there's like you know twenty percent is just other things, but eighty percent of it's you know clothing and and other materials. There's a huge disconnect because obviously it's not going back, it's not getting recycled, it's not getting upcycled, it's not being given away when it's just. Becoming a de- decomposing matter that nobody needs in the landfill, so that's really interesting. I think that's a really important for people as we talk through this this episode. Um, you know, making people more conscious of their what they're what clothing they're b- supporting and what they're buying, as you just mentioned. And so to go back a little bit more, and I think you you know you really touched on what influenced you. Um, I would say like. What is it at the end of this, of your project, if not project, business, brand, whatever you want to phrase that, what do do you vision and what do you want to achieve or at least hope as the keyword?
1: So by the end of like Reborn, we hope to reduce the amount of clothing that ends up in the landfills. Like I know that's like a lot to say, but like in a way we're just trying to reduce our carbon footprint and like trying to make a small difference in a way where we can like I know we can like definitely omit like 85% of the landfill waste but we could Mm -hmm. definitely try like you know smaller amount for sure you know and whilst doing this we definitely hope to give our customers uh what they want and you know try and make more designs cater towards them and In the process, definitely making sure they receive the highest quality of secondhand items Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and just just trying to be a more environmentally responsible brand who, like I said, tries to make a contribution to the world. That's what we really hope to achieve by the end of this, honestly.
0: I think that's it. You know, you said you don't know what you're going to do, but I think what the key element was talking about is looking at. the small, the small lens, the small things that you can do that influence others. And kind of that's, for our brand, our identity at yeah, We The Change, that's kind of what we want to set out to accomplish, which is very small actions that amount to big results um, because, you know, if nobody's doing it, then nothing's gonna be done. But if, if it's just a, a few people doing stuff and then it starts to trickle out to the rest, much more will be done. Um, but if there's nobody there to ignite the conversation or even to fathom what could be, well, why the heck are we like, what, what's the point? Like, you know, like who's going to care. But that first step that you guys are taking is, I think it's critical. And I think you can't shy away from that. But anyways, um, so you mentioned, is there anything else? Like, I, I, I'm more curious, I'm curious to know, like, do you find anything else that is like extremely detrimental to the environment from the clothing industry and the fashion industry that like maybe listeners not, might not be aware of, that they should be?
2: Well, fast fashion like by its nature is toxic. Their rate of production not only affects the environment, but it's also a strain on garment workers and people working in these factories. Well, mm-hmm. um, according to an article by Vox, um, the fashion industry is the second largest polluter in the world right after the oil industry. Um, Yeah. Wastewaters by these industries contain chemicals like lead and mercury, which is then dumped into the water bodies. So that is extremely dangerous to aquatic life and also the health of the people who depend on these water bodies. Um, Another way the environment is also affected by these industries is through the use of fertilizers, especially for Mm. cotton production. I read somewhere that the chemicals pollute the rivers and cotton also requires about 20,000 liters of water for just one kg of cotton, which is...
3: 20,000?
2: Yeah, which is a lot, considering the fact that water is now getting scarce.
0: Yeah, completely. That's a really good point. And I think, you know, I've seen... I'm someone who's very attracted to photos and looking at the world through different photographs I've seen. And I've seen jean factories. I've seen leather factories. And you just... Well, first of all, you see water that's just wasted and then you see where it ends up after it's, you know, the after it needs to be dumped. And it's shocking, like it's shocking uh, what chemicals like we put on, like I'm wearing a pair of jeans right now and I'm like, I feel guilty when I think of that because I'm like, holy smoke, like that is the keyword detrimental uh, to the environment. So I think that's really interesting. The point you brought up about um, how the industry has become so detrimental to the um, overall environment uh, on a global scale, and like I think, like in response to that, what I'd like to ask would be, you know, like why has this come to be? What do you think was like the tipping point um, for the industry as a whole, maybe even society?
2: I would say trend setting. Like fast fashion is all about current trends and. These days, people are trendsetters. Brands like Forever 21 and Zara, they were like so popular in high school. And little did we know that they were actually toxic brands that contributed to pollution. However, people are starting to realize that and have like slowly stopped shopping at these outlets. I know that Forever 21 is already bankrupt and I'm not 200% sure on this, but I think they are shut down now.
0: They're definitely on their on a path, too. I know of that. I'm not sure if they're done or not, but I've seen the, <laughs> the information about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think they've, like, shut down most of their stores at Canada, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah, they were, like, the champions of, like, fast fashion. I remember, like, everyone would go to, like, Forever 21 because, you know, they had the clothes. And I remember I would buy clothes, like, like some of them are like still in my closet that I bought and have not worn. I kid you not, not even worn it once, and I just don't know what to do with it.
0: Well, here in like at least in Nanaimo, we have um, Urban Planet, and it's the same model as uh, as you mentioned as Forever Twenty One. It, it's fast, it's trendy, and you can get it today. Like you don't have to you know break the bank buying something that looks similar to a big big label. Um, which again, kind of fuels, you know, the amount of people that are getting it, da da da. Um, So yeah, that's interesting. And then Megan, you wanted to mention some stuff about some other brands though that were trying to change the tide. What, what, can you tell me a bit more about that?
1: Well, even though there's like so many fast fashion brands like out there, there are like other brands that are still trying to make a difference in the world, such as Patagonia, Ecologist, and to be honest, even H&M. You'd be surprised to hear that. Like H&M, they have like a conscious collection where at least like 50%, if not more, of each piece of their clothing is made from like sustainable materials. Yeah. Like they try their best and they're like, "Oh yeah, if it can't be, it can't be." And however brands like Patagonia and like Ec- Ecologist, their main aim and their mission and mission statement is actually to like save our home planet. And so they use 100% renewable and recycle raw materials basically by using both synthetic and natural fibers made from pre-consumer and post-consumer waste thus reducing their carbon emissions which is like insane because if you think about it if big brands like these can go out of their way to like reduce and reuse like people's you know old clothing and then make clothing out of it I don't see why other big brands that people go to like and shop all the time at can do the same and I also feel like it has a bit to do with like online shopping such as like Shein and stuff because like I know half the world just literally shops on that and that's like in a way, the new form of fast fashion, like online fast fashion.
0: And I think what's interesting too, like um, two comments. So at the first with the shipping and, and online shopping is that you see a lot of brands that are willing to give out free shipping very quickly so that more people can buy it. But if you look at the more like cutting edge brands, like I, I would say, you know, they, there's still works that needs to be done. But like Patagonia, if I want to buy a t-shirt from them, I have to spend a lot of money at their business in order to be able to get some um, discounted form of shipping. And again, it's like one of those like little tiny things which make, you're like, oh, do I really want that like $20 t-shirt that I got to pay like $20 in shipping? Like, like will I want to do that? And then same with ecologists. You have to spend $100, 99 bucks in order to get your product. And you're like, oh wow, I really got to buy something big. I mean, their products are a bit more luxurious and for our listeners ecologist is a brand from victoria in uh british columbia who focuses on um creating and sticking by um their locally made products um there's they used to be a surf company and a surf and a surf clothing and skateboard company but now they have positioned themselves to a bit more of a fashion uh style company and they're trying to be a bit more cutting edge so just a little tidbit for our listeners um but anyhow i'm excited with this conversation so let's keep it rolling so I want to throw this back at you. So we've talked about big brands trying to make it, st- trying to take a step forward. Now I want to ask you as a brand, what actions are you taking as a brand to stop and slow down this pollution cycle, at least at a small lens?
2: Um, we as a brand are adopting slow fashion. Slow fashion is where we use cheap and sustainable materials to create some great clothing. Um, as Me- as Megan mentioned earlier, uh, we go out to thrift stores for materials, revamp them, add our creative elements, and then sell them for a cheap price. Um, Rebond prioritizes the planet and its people. Hence, we don't really profit much, but we do profit in supporting the greater good of our planet.
0: I love that. That's well said. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, that's a really nice uh, vision for your brand, but also the impact that goes beyond uh, you know just a a, a consumer just a brand like you know that's important and then you know like wh- why do you find that that's important that to have that attitude uh, when it's it's hard because you, as you said you know you're not making much profit so you got to really love what you're doing so why is it important
2: um, I think it's important for the future we want to make upcycling a famous trend and I think it's getting there but yeah so that everyone follows it and actually shops sustainably um, our move is to our aim is to move towards an economy where much less is wasted. So yeah
0: I think that's an achievable goal. I think if people again hopefully the people listening on the other side of you know of, of the earphone um, will think that yeah we, we need to change our attitude around how much we consume because you know, as Megan mentioned before there's a lot of things we bought they sit in the back back shelf of your closet, you know collecting dust, and they ha they've been taken out, and so you know it was not as it wasn't useful, and we've missed that, so perfect and then um i think uh, I think what I would say next then is like where do you see the brand going and developing then from that?
3: Whether it be our brand or anyone who has like a similar model to us, we can see the up- like upcycling and second hand clothing um here to stay really. Um, especially because of the creative and more earth conscious generations that are being involved in the fashion industry now, um, there really no longer is your stereotypical fashion designer. Um, the industry has become so easy for anyone anywhere to really get involved and have the ability to sell merchandise or their um, clothing. And it also allows for a great, although it allows for a greater variety of options it can also provide like motivation like for other uh, brands and even each other um, to push the creative boundaries in merchandising and marketing and yeah
0: I love that Kaylin. that's really good I think that's a really good um, you know foresight to what's gonna what you guys are hoping to accomplish you gotta you gotta have dreams with your brand in order for them to thrive and move forward um, but hey so do you got any questions what would you like to throw forward
1: yeah, just wondering what's your target audience as you grow this business and is there a plan to probably send a message to brands that are, you know, um, in a way exposing, like just expose the kind of culture it is with mm-hmm. um, fast fashion at this point, like we touched on before. Um. So we don't, I mean, We don't want to have a target audience because we want to be open to like everyone to come buy our clothes because there's no point of having a target audience because in the end, everyone's just going to keep on buying the clothes. So if we don't have a target audience means our clothes are just meant for everyone. So in that way, everyone is contributing towards more of a, you know, sustainable route. And we we really hope we can grow it more, you know, like in a way trying to make the planet a way better place.
0: So it's more an ideology as a in a sense. It's the ideology that is the selling feature. The t- As you said, everybody wears clothing. I mean, there's different categories, like athletic coat, clothing, you know, sport, you know, like different categories. But the ideology, I think, that I'm picking up at least is the critical, critical point. But continue, sorry.
1: And we do, like, offer all of that. Like, we have an athletic collection and we have a comfy collection and we have your, you know, your day-to-day collections. And we offer like collections, you know, which have designs, you know, that are catered towards, you know, the younger generation, today's generation with like designs such as like, you know, your favorite artist or a nostalgic collection. And we also cater to a uh, VIU digital media students with our Room 108 collection. So yeah, that's our main thing. And I mean, we don't want to start like a revolution with like big brands because like to be honest, we're definitely a smaller brand, but we would definitely like to, in a way, build our following. So, like, big brands know that they're actually making a mistake and that they could, like, you know, do a better job in, like, reducing all the waste that goes into the landfills and just the ocean in general. Like, if a small brand can do it, then definitely bigger brands can. Like, it's not that hard.
0: And it's funny, like, in a, in a reverse sense, you guys are going to try to be trendsetters. For the fashion industry, but but not not the way that we've been talking in a poor lens where it's been um, you know regressive. You want to be <laughs> you want to be progressive. So that I, I like that. That's a good that's good framing. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I think you know for the listeners too. It's you know if you're trying to start a movement yourself, you really sometimes it's hard to target one person. But try to have your message open to anybody and so that anybody can bite and latch onto it so that they can run with it. Um, it is tough. You need to have target markets, but you also need a good idea for someone, anyone to bite into. Um, cause if you can do that, you'll be able to create a lot more buzz. So I think, you know, we don't want the next thing I'd like to, to go into is like, what do you think the audience should be aware of in regard to the fast industry and, and their, And their consumer habits based on what you've been talking about growing and developing the brand.
3: While the environmental impacts of the fashion industry should be like reason enough to make you aware of your habits as a consumer. There should be more ways to be more self-aware of the clothing and then just choosing to shop secondhand or upcycled items. Um, Get involved with clothing drives or clothing donations. They're another great way to um, give away your clothing, give it another life. And maybe make a difference in somebody else's life who receives that piece of clothing. Um, like you said, a lot of us get caught up in the seemingly never-ending fashion landscape only for items to go out of style and not long after. Instead, we just basically, we hope to provide custom secondhand statement pieces that can either freshen up your old clothes or your new outfit.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. I think I, I like That's perfect. Um, I think trailing on that... But- I got to follow up with is like, what advice do you give to the listeners? Maybe from your, from the perspective of your brand, but for them as individuals, what they can do based on, you know, this this kind of mentorship that you're trying to propose. Yeah.
1: Well, if we could give our, the listeners like some kind of advice, it would be like, shouldn't be worried about buying clothes from thrift stores or any secondhand place because they actually don't know what they can find there like mm-hmm. sometimes in a way you can find something that's vintage or unique which in a way you could find at let's say another fast fashion place but that would they would charge you like twice the price as a thrift store would like trust me like i've gone into a thrift store and i've come out with like a patagonia fleece that i've paid like 50 bucks for and i'm like oh, wow, like this, this you know, someone might have used this, but, like, 50 bucks, and normally they're, like, what, 100, 100 plus? Easy. So, yeah, I mean, I was so surprised, but, like, now I know for a fact that if I bought them firsthand, they would not have cost the same, but I'm still going to buy stuff from Patagonia just because they're more environmentally sustainable, and, like, I know for a fact that, I like their mission statement, their vision statement, and like I like them as a brand because they're just more sustainable than any
3: other brand out there. I think secondhand also allows you to like there's a story to the items. Like you said, that Patagonia fleece, it could have traveled from here to various mountaintops around the world. Like there's could be story to it. The a hat it could could have came from the Daytona 500 um down in Naples like there's there's story to second hand items and we don't necessarily have to travel into these places but we can have these items say hey like they came from here but then i got to give them a second life
0: mm i think that's important too, and i think that's something nice to grab onto is that idea of the story um you know for the most part most fast fashion just comes from a factory pumped out, you know, and it's thousands. But when you find something like that, it's a very eclectic piece, something very special. Um, I think the story, or at least, at least the thought process of thinking about what the story could have been um, is quite thought-provoking. Maybe a little bit of an incentive for people, at least. Um, so that's one thing you said, I was talking about looking at secondhand. Well, I think I I really thank you all for joining us today. I think it was a really good opportunity um, to come together and combine our two interests, which are sustainability, but also, you know, what we can do, what impact we can bring to the people, you know, the few that we can, you know, touch within our lives or in our immediate um, business circles, (laughs) for a sense. Um, And uh, I think, oh, I should say where can we find your brand where can we find you online
1: so you can find us on our Instagram page that's reborn clothing call and on that we have our website link
0: and yeah perfect so I'll make sure that I'll tag that in the in the comments section for everybody so you can find that in on our website too, underneath the podcast section and so Kaylin, um, Bernice, and Megan, thank you so much for coming on today. I know it's crunch time, but I uh, appreciate all the time that we got with you today. And I, I think that we have something really cool to share with everybody that tunes in and every week. I know I think last week we broke like 15 listeners. Uh, so that was a win for the first episode. I mean, we're, we're not really well-known on money platform. I mean, we're on Spotify, which is pretty cool, but there's a lot of other brands before us. So that's our trying to find our differential. So, you know, that'll be really exciting to share with everybody. Um, So anyhow, thank you so much. And we will talk to you guys soon and do more collaborations. So take care. Thank you.